What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie J. Lopez. Hope you're all doing well. It's been a few weeks. I was on a little vacation with the family, but it's great to be back now. But you already know that we're always grinding. If you followed my social media at Frequency Podcast Network, not only would you have gotten some consistent content, including a few album reviews that don't make the podcast, you'd already have an understanding of how I feel about this Kendrick Lamar record. So if you're not following me on Instagram and soon to be TikTok as well, I gotta say you might be fucking up. On top of that, please follow the podcast page, allow for notifications, rate the podcast. And of course, we got a great one today. Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. Kendrick Lamar, rapper out of Compton, California, regarded as one of the most talented and influential artists of modern hip-hop finding fame mainstream and critical success through his major label debut good kid mad city in 2012 one of the most celebrated albums in the last decade played out like a movie detailing kendrick's teenage experience in compton his follow-up in 2015 to pimp a butterfly had Kendrick diving into the Black American experience with really strong influences of jazz, funk, and soul. His latest release, Damn, in 2017, was the first non-classical and non-jazz album to be awarded a Pulitzer Prize. So it goes without saying that Kendrick is already a highly rewarded and successful artist in his own right, selling millions of records and earning several accolades since his debut. And I gotta throw in here that he's also one of my personal favorite rappers. In the five years since Kendrick's release of Damn, a lot has happened. A global pandemic, civil rights movement, tenure of one president, the election of another president, Through all of this, Kendrick has largely been silent, and naturally, that leads his audience to wonder what has he been up to, and even further, what his music is going to sound like and what kind of topics is he going to cover. And this anticipation came to a close when Kendrick announced the release date of Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, and he also released an accompanying track that didn't make the album, The Heart Part 5, a track that adds to Kendrick's now long-standing Heart series. Over this incredible Marvin Gaye sample, Kendrick tackles the traumas that are faced in the Black community and how those behaviors are dismissed as culture. He also literally transforms to the likes of certain celebrity figures to convey some of the points that he's trying to make in the track. I could probably write an entire review on the track in and of itself, but needless to say, it only made us more excited for the album. And once I started this, I have to say, as usual with Kendrick, wasn't exactly what I was expecting. He's been able to bring a unique twist and concept to every project he's released, and this one is clearly no different. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, a double album, shows Kendrick at his most vulnerable. In the first half, titled The Big Steppers, we find Kendrick struggling to open up about his demons and insecurities, depicting himself as defensive much of the time. Choosing instead to discuss how he copes with his pain and his trauma, also occasionally pointing the finger at society at large while scratching the surface of this generational curse, which in other words is the trauma he grew up with and was passed down to him. The project opens up with United in Grief, an interesting intro with various different instrumental styles from a jazz piano to a stripped back aggressive drum kit to some of these really cool electronic synths that sneak into the back. Kendrick seems to be describing the different ways he copes with his trauma, whether it be through money, material items, meaningless sex, all used to cope with his feelings, repeating the refrain, I grieve different over and over again and speaking of meaningless sex he goes as far as to tell us a story of a woman he had sex with while on tour dubbing her as green eyes who was equally using sex with him to cope with her own trauma both using each other in a way on the track n95 featuring this grandiose boy one to beat kendrick pleads with people to remove their masks or this facade of themselves which is created through all these superficial coping mechanisms like material items and fame he also references fake woke people clout chasers and the government as having that mask on themselves simply trying to hide their true intentions similar to the topics on the first track but sort of flipping it to discuss how those in society are no different to him using these facades to cover their true selves i also really love the hook on that track it's fucking hilarious
hilarious. On Worldwide Steppers, the chorus seems to be referencing cancel culture. Everyone feels like they can make these accusations, including Kendrick himself, but they hide their own true thoughts and motives. On the chorus, he goes, I'm a killer, he's a killer, she's a killer, bitch, we some killers, walking zombies, trying to scratch that itch. And on the last verse, he kind of discusses how everyone in the world, even those organizations deemed as helping, partake in these negative silent killers. He goes on to write, 8 billion people on earth, silent murderers, nonprofits, preachers and church crooks and burglars, Hollywood corporate and school teaching philosophies, you either gonna be dead or in jail, killer psychology. Referencing himself as a killer with these mundane actions that you would believe to be positive on a surface level, but actually can do some harm. I caught a couple of bodies myself, slid my community, my last Christmas toy drive in Compton, handed out eulogies. Not because the rags in the park had red gradient, but because the high blood pressure flooded the catering. So what's the difference between your life when hiding motives? More fatalities and reality bring you closure. The noble person that goes to work and pray like they're supposed to, slaughter people too, your murder's just a bit slower crazy. This song also notably features Kendrick's first couple of times being intimate with a white woman, expressing his reasons were deeper than just lust, expressing it as somehow being a victory to him and his ancestors as a form of retaliation. I feel like that, along with a lot of the topics on the first half, is just Kendrick trying to explain away sort of the feelings that he's actually having. Essentially a coping mechanism in a way. The silent killers plus the white women theme don't really connect for me on this track. Although I enjoy it, it does come across a bit unorganized. Not really diving too deep into the relevance of intimacy with the white women, like I mentioned. Similar feelings on the following track, Die Hard featuring Blas and Amanda Reefer. Kendrick wants to open up, asking for the trusting environment and space to do so. His apprehension is obvious throughout the song, unsure that he can open up, and this thematically fits into the Big Steppers, but also contributes to the topic feeling a little bit service level. With the hook just being okay, I really do think this is one of the weaker tracks on the first disc. Immediately after that, though, we get one of the best tracks on the album, Father Time featuring Sampha. Sampha's chorus is fantastic. I love his voice as usual. And here, Kendrick discusses his issues with his father and how they inform his own behavior, largely surrounding toxic masculinity. His bars cut really deep, looking for I love you, rarely empathizing for my relief, a child that grew accustomed jumping up when I scraped my knee. Because if I cried about it, he'd surely tell me not to be weak. Daddy issues hide my emotions, never express myself. Men should never show feelings, being sensitive never help. And then these bars a couple lines after, where he's talking with his father. His mama died. I asked why he going back to work so soon. His first reply was, son, that's life. The bills ain't got no silver spoon. I think even those who grew up in my community with the fathers that they've had, like immigrant fathers, Latino fathers, we definitely can relate to a lot of these bars. He even discusses how daddy issues affect those without a father, overcompensating and disguising their sadness with participating in gang activity or what have you, covering up for the emotional distress that they're actually feeling inside. My dudes ain't got no daddy growing up overcompensating, learn shit about being a man and disguise it as being gangsta. I love my father for telling me to take off the gloves because everything he didn't want was everything I was. And to my partners that figured it out without a father, I salute you. May your blessings be neutral to your toddlers. Incredible. Again, Kendrick turning the narrative back on society at large, but more specifically, the black community that he comes from. Later on, We Cry Together featuring Taylor Page. We get an incredible and occasionally uncomfortable track centered around a seemingly toxic couple arguing with each other over this amazing alchemist beat. The hook is intense and chaotic and interesting enough. Taylor Page actually outshines Kendrick for me with an amazing performance from the woman's perspective in this argument. And although there are some interesting and oftentimes questionable lyrics, a lot of misogynistic stuff and things that I definitely don't necessarily agree with, there's a ton of intrigue in being 
the fly in the room for this argument. And it also does come across as Kendrick and Taylor playing characters. Kendrick's character himself comes off so defensive and childish, as many men can be in these types of situations, even towards the end of the track, rambling about things that aren't necessarily relevant, trying to avoid the conversation when Taylor's character was actually making some valid points, where Taylor starts saying, find it funny that you can't apologize, egotistic, narcissistic, love your own lies. See you the reason why strong women fucked up, why they say it's a man's world, you the reason for Trump, you the reason we overlooked, underpaid, underbooked, under shame. If you look, I don't speak, then I'm called on my name. I am flawed, I am pained, never yours, I remained. Even closing it out saying, you the reason R. Kelly can't recognize that he's abusive, and then Kendrick comes back and said, listen, that's why you're still listening to his music. So it's like a very interesting sort of mirror onto society in a way. And although I don't agree with every aspect of what they're arguing about, it does seem fairly realistic and kind of uncomfortable, and does play into the narrative of Kendrick kind of struggling to really be open. Now here, towards the end of the first disc, we start seeing a theme and narrative begin to unfold a bit. Many of this first disc paints Kendrick as defensive about how he chooses to cope with his past and his trauma. Oftentimes, pointing the finger not only at society but also his past and his general apprehension to open up occasionally showing signs of being argumentative also throughout the first half we got the subtle messaging with snippets of kendrick's fiance whitney saying that he needs to tell his story that he needs to go to therapy we also get several narrations from german spiritual teacher eckhart tolle and to me this kind of sounds like how someone would act during a start of a therapy session afraid to open up viewing their lives in a very matter-of-fact fashion and focusing on his reactions to trauma as opposed to fighting them head-on and their partner is kind of pleading for them to, to be honest and to be forward. And this is confirmed on the second disc, Mr. Morale, with the intro Count Me Out, where Whitney says Session 10 Breakthrough on the 10th overall track of the album. I love the beat switch when the first chorus comes in. I really enjoyed the whistling on the more vibrant beat. And of course, the choir. Seems like he's starting to become more vulnerable, shedding away some of the mass and insecurities he was wearing up to this point, referencing wanting to improve himself and acknowledging his faults. On the following track, Crown, Kendrick admits that the way he expresses love, mostly through money, doesn't work in the long term. And he also comes to terms with the fact that the adoration that he's earned from his fans through his music is also temporary, finding that both these forms of love can simply be transactional and not necessarily authentic, building on some of the themes from the first half where he used material items to buy happiness. Later on the track, Savior with Baby Keem and Sam Du, Keem handles the hook fresh off of Fantastic Verse, describing his difficulties growing up and his come up. Kendrick expresses that he feels black celebrities should not be viewed as saviors or the speakers for the black community. Even when they do their part, those responsibilities don't necessarily fall on their shoulders. The song seemingly a response to those who believe that Kendrick was MIA during the large civil unrest, ending the song saying that he was focused on himself and his mental health. He also expresses that he shouldn't be punished for the silence during these movements, as he was working on himself, even referencing that 360 days of his life as a black man is a protest in and of itself. And on this track, he goes on to say that many only support black lives when it aligns with their public opinion, saying that there aren't enough self-thinkers out there calling out capitalists and our public leaders as essentially full of shit. Even with their efforts, it's all for money or clout. He also says he appreciates the pro-black sentiment, but feels he's more similar to someone like Kodak Black, who would never be supported in today's day and age. This is a good time to talk about Kodak Black's inclusion here, a man featured at several points throughout this album, most of which I genuinely enjoyed, especially the rich interlude on the first disc where Kodak touches on his path to success. And I see what Kendrick is trying to do here. Essentially, including Kodak on this album to Kendrick is a similar statement that he made on The Heart Part 5. He and Kodak aren't so different. They come from a similar background, their circumstances inform their behavior today and the mistakes they've made along the way. Kendrick likens himself to Kodak as a way to say that although we view Kendrick as a savior, he isn't that different from someone that we all seemingly wouldn't support at all. And therefore, 
Kendrick shouldn't be subjected to the standards that he is subjected to. And not only that, we should understand why Kodak turned out the way he did, given the traumas that Kendrick is outlining on this very album. But aligning yourself to someone like Kodak, a person who hasn't really shown any sympathy for his mistakes, does rub me the wrong way. It'd be one thing if Kodak acknowledged those mistakes on this album in a similar way that Kendrick actually does, but Kodak does not do that. Instead, Kodak is kind of used more as a prop on this album to sort of align with Kendrick's narrative, and it isn't executed all that well. If Kodak was a little bit more apologetic or there was an acknowledgement of his sins, I feel like that would make things a little bit better. I think Kodak is just thrown onto this project as sort of a wink-wink, see what I'm talking about here, as opposed to actually diving deeper into what he's actually done. And especially given the topics of abuse that Kendrick dives into later on this track list, just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Gotta touch on the next controversy surrounding this album, the track Auntie Diaries. Kendrick tells a story of his relative coming out as a transgender man and his family's reactions to this and his own feelings surrounding that time when he was much younger. The song is a heavily detailed view of Kendrick's mindset as a young kid and teen, expressing how homophobia ran so deep at a young age, referencing the internal conflict he had loving and idolizing his relative but keeping up appearances with his friends, even ignorantly using the f-word around them. He goes on to tell the story of his cousin who went to do the same thing, sharing some heartbreaking details on that cousin who was religious themselves, getting called out at a church from the very pastor I assume he would seek guidance out on. Kendrick found that moment to be powerful enough to stand up for his cousin, showing his growth and a mindset from when he was younger. And that very same cousin actually calls him out for using the F word, challenging him with that own scenario, likely referencing a situation that happened to Kendrick at his own show, where a white woman came up on the stage and tried to use the N word, and Kendrick obviously wasn't okay with that. And you know, this track has created quite a divide. And although used to prove a point, I very much don't love his use of the F word. Also, he does some dead naming on here and a handful of things that are pretty offensive to the trans community. I really don't know if I'd be comfortable if someone used a bunch of racial slurs against me in a song just to prove a point so i understand a backlash i definitely think it could have been executed better even with the flaws it should be said that this is probably the most this topic has ever been spoken about on a mainstream rap song it's a pretty transparent depiction of his upbringing and his viewpoints when he was growing up the controversial language was obviously intentional and meant to convey the point but i still disagree with its usage following this we get mr morale with tana leone features this interesting synth beat with kendrick's breathing vocals reminiscent of something off of kanye's yeezus kendrick references how trauma experienced in the black community can caused terrible ramifications from wondering whether R. Kelly would have turned out different if it wasn't for his own molestation and abuse to revealing Kendrick's mother was actually abused herself. It's an interesting and powerful song where Kendrick finally and firmly lays out his sentiments on how trauma can and will inform people's behavior and he really puts a bow on this idea in the next track the fantastic Mother I Sober featuring Beth Gibbons. This is where the album really comes together. He opens up about his mother's abuse affecting his childhood now he blames himself and how he tries to use his riches to cover up his tears and his pain. He then describes his sex addiction and his infidelity to show how he coped with those internal demons. He discusses how traumas and difficulties are rarely discussed in the black communities, negative habits that originated from their exploitation centuries ago, even saying that some rappers are using music to cope with that trauma to this day. He closes out with acknowledging all the trauma from his own family and trying to set free that toxic environment, describing it as a generational curse. Now to me, this would have been an amazing closer, but we get something a little bit more lackluster to close things out, Mirror, which I respect the sentiment, choosing himself and his peace over saving others focusing on his family and his mental health, but this particular concept already wrapped up for me, especially when considering the themes on Savior and Mother I Sober, so it doesn't add much. And while on this topic, I feel similarly about the closer on the first disc, Purple Hearts. Even though Summer Walker and Ghostface Killer deliver fantastic features, I think Kendrick was definitely the weak point, and it serves a similar purpose to Die Hard, but being less interesting. Also, if we're talking gripes, I do think the track listing could have been organized a bit better as well. Certain tracks on the first half I feel could have fit better on the second, like Father Time, and vice versa, like Silent Hill. All in all though, 
I think Kendrick does a great job executing exactly what he was looking to do. On Mr. Morale, he opens up about his trauma and expresses how much those difficulties inform who he is and how many black Americans are facing a similar struggle, especially coming from where he does, ultimately expressing that he is nothing more than a man who struggles like his peers do. And this contrasts perfectly with the first disc, The Big Steppers, where he's struggling to open up and face those demons head on until he's forced to. Mr. Morale and The Big Steppers is definitely Kendrick's most vulnerable project, and it shows him like any other person, flawed, learning to cope with his trauma, and attempting to grow for the sake of his family. Kendrick might not be our savior, but once again, he definitely blessed us with another fantastic album. And I can only see this one growing on me. But for now, it's an eight. So those are my thoughts. Do you agree? Do you think I'm crazy? DM me on social media and let me know. Also, let me know what you'd like me to review next. Until then, I'll see y'all later.